Welcome to the Hospitality Mentor Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Turk. Join me as we dive into the personal stories of some of the world's best hospitality professionals. We follow the journey of their ups, downs, and wild turns to find out what it truly takes to make it in the amazing world of hospitality. This episode is brought to you by our podcast partners at Real-Time Reservation. Their inventory management system is best in class for hotels and resorts to manage their non-room inventory. The web-based application allows for creative upselling of overnight and daytime visitors with add-ons and pre-planned packages. Hotel guests and non-guests can reserve cabanas, pool chairs, activities, amenities, excursions, events, day passes, and much more. The real-time reservation platform offers a fully integrated pre-arrival portal where guests are verified through the property management system. Guests can prepay for cabanas and activities through credit card integrations, which are then processed through point of sale. All of our listeners that might be interested in using real-time reservation are welcome to explore the demo at realtimereservation.com. Once again, that's realtimereservation.com. Welcome to another episode of the Hospitality Mentor Podcast, and I'm glad to be back with you. Just got back in town from a wonderful family trip to Washington, D.C., and I want to give a big shout out to Chris Lee at the Intercontinental Hotel at the Wharf in Washington, D.C. It was a great hotel. We got to stay with them, and man, just a fantastic team that really enjoys what they're doing, and they're well-trained and just like I can't say enough good things about them. So if you're in DC, make sure to check out that hotel. They gave us this a fantastic suite that we were very surprised to get and very grateful to get that was overlooking the Potomac river. They took good care of the kids, everything I could have asked for in that trip to DC. So Chris wanted to give you a shout out to start the show. It was wonderful being able to travel and experience a new city with the kids and have you all as our home base. It's been a whirlwind start to the new year. Just got back in town and then was playing in the park with my kids and hurt my ankle really badly. And so I've never, you know, I took it for granted how easy it is to walk everywhere. And now that I'm limping around, my focus this year is to get in great shape. And so if any of you out there listening want to get in great shape, we can hold each other accountable to do it this year in 2024. That is my big focus because I really want to be doing a lot more traveling and especially like outdoor activities. So got six to eight weeks to get myself back healthy here. And uh, yeah, that's going to be the focus here. So for any of you out there that want to stay ultra healthy this year or get back in shape, send us a message or send me a message on LinkedIn or Instagram. Maybe we start a little group here of holding each other accountable for workouts and, and getting healthy. So first goal is to get back to doing a 5K, which was my plan to do with my family in January, which I can't do now. So we will wait to do it March or April. So I got to check out some of those out here in Miami. So let me know if you want to do any of those, but what a bummer for sure. But enough of me complaining about my ankle. I'm here to answer your questions. And you've been kind enough to be sending them in through our website, which I appreciate, especially doing these solo shows with you, because we're getting lined up a whole new season of guests and making sure we're bringing you the best guests. So that's why it's been me and you on some of these and some replays, but I love spending time answering your questions. So we can jump into those now. First question is from Grace in Honolulu, Hawaii. 
Well, Grace, thanks for sending this in. Is how is climate change affecting travel choices in 2024, particularly in destinations vulnerable to environmental changes? Well, Grace, we see it across the globe, but Hawaii experienced it. I know they had a devastating fire, which was awful to see, especially in a place that I know my brother loved traveling to and my family had just been there prior to the fires. You have firsthand experience seeing what's going on with climate change. And I live here in Miami where it starts flooding on the streets on a normal day. It's not even raining. It just the water is rising and coming through the gutters and we're setting up pumps to set it out. So it's definitely a concern. And in my experience, being in a hurricane zone during hurricane season, it's very tough to book big conferences and groups and people are a little bit more concerned when they're booking their trips. So climate change is real especially in the hospitality industry. We talk about it all the time and how to become more sustainable and really lead by example to try and make a change. Sometimes it seems so daunting. It's like, how can you change something that is around the entire globe? But I think just really trying one day at a time, one product at a time, one vendor at a time, changing them out to be more sustainable is what we should be doing. But Look, Grace, you asked that question. It's it's a big thing, and I start seeing it more and more, like things you can't control, earthquakes, and it's not part of climate change, but maybe it is. You've got tornadoes, you have bigger storms, you have winter storms, you've got just things that are changing, it seems like, so rapidly that it is taking an effect, and especially when places are totally devastated, like happened in Hawaii, which I'm really hoping they bounce back up on their feet because it was such a beautiful place, is a big deal. So the impact of it, we got to do better. We got to try and save this place and, and make it for our, our the next generations and my kids and their kids to have a place that they can call home because it's a little scary right now. So thanks for your question, Grace. Not to be a bummer, but yes, it is making it a challenge to travel to some of these places that are experiencing those storms, especially when they get shown on headlines in the news. Yeah, I want to tell you about it. Like I'm sitting in hotels where you see this headline come across and then you see cancellations right after. So there is a correlation between those things. And in your headline reading and seeing these storms, a lot of people are canceling trips to those locations. All right, next question is from Ethan in Austin, Texas. Ethan, good to hear from you, ma'am. With the increase in digital nomads, what unique accommodations or services are emerging in 2024 to cater to this growing segment? It is growing, and I love seeing it continue to grow because people are being able to work and choose the kind of lifestyle they want to live. And what I see hotels doing, the new brands are putting in things that allow people to stay for longer. And there's a lot of new brands that are coming in that normally wouldn't have a dining table in the room that folds into the wall or microwaves and dishwashers and places that clean your clothes. You know, there's always been extended stay, but now there's like this new level of them coming in. I recently stayed randomly at a home to suites, I think it's by Hilton. And that's exactly what they had. It was built for kind of that digital nomad that needed a place to stay for a month or two or maybe just a couple of weeks, but it had all those things I mentioned. I was very surprised by the room product. And then the lobby areas are set up for lifestyle. So you've got grab and go, you had arcade games, you had like a meeting area, you had a networking area, you had a place to work if you wanted to work outside your room, nice rooftop bar. So I think hotels are onto this. It's not just going to be about Airbnb and Verbo and the vacation rentals that I know very well. Hotels want to stay in this. So the good news for travelers is you'll have even more options for the digital nomads of being able to stay in places that have great Wi-Fi, great amenities. You can still live the lifestyle you want to live if it's a healthy one 
or if you're just into experiencing new things and trying different foods. I like seeing what's happening in the space of extended stay for the digital nomads. There's a lot of fun brands out there that are creating those spaces. Like there's a Yotel in Miami, which is kind of a newer brand where the rooms are smaller, but all the public areas are kind of set up for that. So they have these conference spaces that you can rent out to do work or if you need to hold a meeting. They've got cool little nooks that you can sit in and have kind of private conversations and phone calls. So I really enjoy seeing hotels adapting to this because like you said, digital nomads are going to be an ever increasing thing. I think more and more people want to live and travel and work kind of in the same place. So Ethan, I hope if you're doing that, uh, you find some of these unique places. All right. Next one is from Oliver in Charlotte, North Carolina, where my grandma and family on my dad's side lives. Love your city. Given the recent challenges in aviation industry, how is air travel evolving in 2024 and what should travelers expect? Well, Oliver, if you listen to our other podcast that I do with Sarah Dandishi, we talked about some of the scary things going on airlines where a door just flew off of one uh, while it was in flight. So that creates scary headlines for a lot of people and people don't want to fly on those Boeing 737 maxes right now. But aviation is a challenge right now. It's hard. The prices are starting to come back down is what we've learned. We're starting to see that. If you want to get the best deals on booking your trips, you want to do it you know, domestically. I think they said it was six to eight weeks in advance. And if you're going international, three to five months in advance to get the best pricing. But things are getting better. I think that the airlines, and after we've talked to a bunch of them, is they want to enhance their service. They want people to be on time. They don't want to have delays. But just like other industries, they're having challenges finding people to work the jobs that they need. And this past holiday season was the busiest holiday season on record for travelers. So more people are traveling. It's only getting busier. And these airlines are doing their best to give the service that we expect, especially paying these high rates. So what do I see in 2024? I think that you'll see a couple more companies merge because the costs and expenses are going up. We've already seen those headlines, you know, with Alaska Air and Hawaiian Air trying to merge. Uh, we've seen some other airlines that have been in the news and headlines trying to, to merge together too, which gives a couple of less options, but they say it gives cost savings because they can unite and, and save some costs that come through to us as the people flying. So a good question. I hope to fly to Charlotte soon. So if I'm in town, Oliver, I would love to connect with you. Appreciate the question. The next question is from Mia in San Diego, California, a place I really want to visit. That's on my, my bucket list here for either this year or next year. So what are some of the most exciting technological or technology innovations in 2024 that are transforming the way we travel? Well, Mia, I think for me is seeing how most companies now are starting to use AI to help them be more, become more efficient and help us travel better. And you may say, well, how is that helping us? One, we get to plan our trips easier. So if you haven't tried it yourself, you can try out ChatGPT or you can use the Hospitality Mentor GPT on our website. And you can test it out yourself by putting in a place that you're going to go visit, ask for places that they recommend, restaurants, and it'll provide it to you. And you can cross-reference that with the hotel if they have a concierge that becomes very helpful. I just did that in Washington, D.C., where I created my own itinerary using AI and then cross-referenced it with the concierge there. And we tweaked it a couple of times, but for the most part, it was dead on. So I see that helping travel, but also in hotels, 
they're improving their service. Same thing with vacation rental companies, some of them. They're using AI to go through all of their reviews, all of the data that guests provide them to see trends, look for ways they can improve their service, see how they can enhance the experience for guests. And on the operator side, they're also using it to help on pricing, to work on costs, to help on scheduling. Uh, it just makes things a lot quicker and it makes the teams more efficient so that their teams that are already short-staffed have more time on the floor to take care of us as guests. So I really think that using this in a smart way, using AI as a tool to help teams be more efficient, to help travelers kind of brainstorm and see what they want to do um, will make things easier. Then a lot of websites are starting to put it into that. So there's a whole team at booking.com that's just the AI team of being able to serve us better things customized to what we like doing. So the more we use these travel websites, the more we're going to get unique experiences given to us. The more we travel with certain hotels, they're going to have more and more information on us so they can customize our stays. So I think in maybe not in 2024, but in the next five years, I think you're going to see some very customized amenities and plans and activities just for guests as we get more data pumped into these AI tools. So Mia, thank you for the question. Now let's move on to the next one. So Noah from Chicago, how is the concept of food tourism evolving this year? And what are some destinations that are emerging as culinary hotspots? Oh, those are some great questions. And Noah, what I would say, one of your city is a, a big time one for food tourism in Chicago. You have some of the best restaurants in the world in your city, but you're starting to see the Michelin Guide open in new markets across the United States. And by doing that, they're highlighting places that many people would never experience. And so I use Miami or we could use Florida. Florida opened up to the Michelin Guide and they started highlighting restaurants that are not just, you know, the most expensive restaurants that we always picture as a Michelin restaurant, but like unique family run destinations that are off the beaten path that are now being discovered by others. So when you ask me for a, a hotspot in the country, I'm going with my hometown, Miami. And Miami Beach, because now for the first time, I see our brands being exported out to other cities. And no better example than the Fontainebleau Las Vegas just opening. And inside that hotel, they have many brands that are from Miami and Miami Beach being showcased in the desert. So I love seeing that it's not just New York, LA, Chicago restaurants that are being exported to other cities. Miami is now getting their culinary menus and tastes out to the world because it is so unique down here with so many different cuisines and so many different cultures down here. Miami is definitely one of those that I think are the hot spots. But you're starting to see a bunch across the middle of the country. I don't want to say Charleston because Charleston's always been ranked number one, but that's a definitely a place that's always still a hot spot. But you're starting to see like Kansas City has like some things other than known for barbecue. They're producing a lot of new restaurants. I've been hearing that come up. Even more and more people doing these unique experiences like in Montana and in Idaho. Like there's some cool dining experience based off of around the national parks. Those are culinary hotspots, but places I would definitely want to travel. But make sure if you haven't been down here, Noah, you come on down to Miami and Miami Beach and our team will show you a great stay. So I appreciate that question from you. Now, another question coming through here is from Derek in San Francisco. 
I recently read that the White Lotus is set in Thailand for its third season. How do you think this will impact tourism in Thailand? And what can hospitality businesses do to leverage high-profile shows in their locations? I'll answer this in two ways. One, it's funny. I have not seen White Lotus yet. I know it's based on hotels and how could I not? I just don't have HBO, but I heard great things about it. And I did read the studies that showed after that show came out, the hotels that it was seen in were basically sold out. You couldn't get in. And if you wanted to get in, you were paying some high, crazy prices to get in because people wanted to live that lifestyle they were seeing in the White Lotus. And we talked about this, I think last year in one of our newsletters, I even did a little video on it called Set Jetting. It's not jet setting, but it's set jetting where they're watching that show on their TV set and then jetting off to that location. And so more and more people want to live a lifestyle that they see on TV. They want to experience it themselves and they're willing to pay for it. And I think that Thailand depending on where they do it, it's beautiful. I've been to Thailand. I went there on my honeymoon and loved going through the streets of Bangkok and was in Koh Samui and Chiang Mai. And it's just a really fun place to go visit. And so I can only imagine that they're going to make it look even better on TV. And I think a ton more people will have Thailand on their hit list to go visit. And whichever hotel is lucky enough to be the host of that show will generate many, many millions of dollars based off of that free advertising. So if you can host a TV show, a movie or anything, make sure to do it. I mean, we just went through the holiday season and I'm sure a bunch of you watched Home Alone over and over again when he was in New York. And I bet you know in your head which hotel Kevin was staying at in Home Alone 2, the plaza in New York City. And you'll see those rates during the Christmas time where everybody wants to have the home alone experience and walk through the plaza and get a pizza and a limo that have that package is sold out months in advance. And I know because I tried to book it just to try to experience it and it was sold out. So I got to get myself on that list. So it just shows you set jetting. If you can do it in your hotel or your vacation rental or your hospitality business, make sure to do it because it's just something that will continue to build your brand and get people excited to be there with you. And you saw it with another show. I, I want to stick on your question is Emily in Paris. So many American women started flying to Paris to live that Emily in Paris lifestyle they saw in Netflix. So it will continue the more we watch. And now you're starting to see a trickle into TikTok, where I'm sure all of us saw, it seemed like all of our friends were in Italy this summer on Instagram and on TikTok, and everyone started getting fear of missing out and started booking trips. It will happen now on social media too. So not only TV shows, but also on what we see influencers doing. So I love this part of the business. So I appreciate that question. Well, everybody, that was our solo show. I appreciate the questions coming in. And if you're watching this and seeing some of these clips here on YouTube, you'll see that we have a new background, new setting. We're building out uh, a new office that I'm going to have for content creation. So about halfway there. I had to slow down because of my ankle injury and uh, couldn't carry as many things in here as needed, but we're going to be creating more and more content for you this year. So I would love to hear if you want some more video, more podcasts, or you want some more articles, um, more photos. We're trying to figure out if we want more on-site production at hotels, but we're using this office to create more content for you. So as always, I appreciate you being a part of the community. I appreciate you all supporting. 
And if you like this episode, please make sure to subscribe, like, and leave a comment. It makes a big difference. Until next time, I'll see you soon. This podcast is brought to you by Biscayne Coffee. Biscayne Coffee was founded with a giving spirit and a big idea to enjoy delicious coffee roasted in Miami while helping save Biscayne Bay and the animals that live there. As a former food and beverage director, I can assure you these are some of the best quality beans on the planet. 10% of every coffee sold is donated to nonprofits to help preserve Biscayne Bay for all to enjoy. Visit BiscayneCoffee.com today and use promo code MENTOR at checkout to save 10% on your first order. Drink good coffee and create a good outcome.